Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Henry. It is freezing up here in the Bay Area. <laughs> but I, yeah, for real. But I got my wine right here with me to keep me warm, so I'm a happy person at the All moment. All set. All set. Very nice. Also, we have Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? Doing well, Henry. Doing well. Um, it is also very cold over here in the East Bay, but like yeah. Porfirio, also have a, uh, a nice drink to keep me warm. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to um, Cheers Yeah, to indeed. That. Indeed. Um, you know, we don't want to come off as... Uh, California wusses here, but uh, for us, it's pretty damn cold right now. Um, it is uh, November 12th, 2020, and um, yeah, I kind of suddenly got cold here in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, kind of took us by surprise, but uh, we're hanging in there. And um, yeah, today we're going to talk about V for Vendetta. Now, Last week, we had a movie night where all of us watched this movie together, and we watched it on November 5th, a prominent day in the movie itself, right? Guy Fawkes Day. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we have a lot to talk about with this movie. But first, it is worth mentioning that it is November 12th, like I mentioned, um, and November 12th is the day Stan Lee passed away two years ago. So seeing that it is that exact day, uh, I think it's worth, you know, uh, just kind of going around the room and uh, seeing how we feel. How are we doing two years later? You want to start, Perfirio? Yeah. Um, yeah, like that was... It, it's been two years. I can't believe it. It feels a lot longer than that. But it, I don't know. It's just crazy with everything going on. Like with the whole pandemic going on, you turn to these, like to some form of entertainment, which Stanley was able to provide with his imagination and comics that turn to movies. And so a big thank you to Stanley for everything he's done over the years and yeah big thank you <laughs> well said yeah how about you christian um yeah uh it is really sad that stan the great stanley has passed i do want to share a story about stanley um when porfir and i got to, we saw him at comic-con and he did a panel um, mm -hmm. It was the first year of the Silicon Valley Comic Con, mm -hmm. um, and he had this big panel. Wait, waited for a long time, and he was definitely like, like he was definitely like this really like cheery, warm, friendly guy. And he had this, he had this one, this one thing was one like I guess joke, if you will, um, that he told there, where you know what separates us from that other company, D whatever. Marvel puts <laughs> science behind their heroes. You see, when Superman flies, he just flies. But Thor, he twirls his hammer and uses the momentum to carry him. That's science. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
I mean, considering that a lot of the quote-unquote science in Marvel Comics is completely <laughs> ridiculous, yeah. it's, it's a pretty funny statement. It is, it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so for me, Stan Lee, yeah. Um, yeah, I like what you mentioned, Christian, his personality. I mean, basically, he was like that for all of his, you know, uh, how long did he live? Uh, well into his 90s, you know. I believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ni- 95. So for his 95 years on this planet, he was mostly this guy, this cheerful, warm guy, right? And um, yeah, that that's a big part of who he was and a big part of how we all remember him. You know, when we think of Stan Lee, we don't think of depressing sad stuff so much right we think of of fun entertainment and uh he was a fun and entertaining guy too right um yeah we've spoken quite a bit on span uh, on stan lee in in the podcast over the years um i will reiterate that his greatest contribution to the world is his character creation he created the greatest characters this world has ever known, you know, I I do stand by that because he was so prolific in these great characters, you know, like one after another. I mean, the the list is long and incredible. Uh, So yeah, what a great contribution. And um, it is sad that he's gone now and it's been a couple years now. Um, But yeah, kind of like what I was saying before, when I think of Stan Lee, I don't, I don't get too sad so much. Like when he first passed away, yeah. Oh, I was I was hit pretty hard. But overall, um, I don't get sad because I mean, he lived a long life. Um, he he was a, a cheerful guy, a very optimistic kind of guy, and the joy he brought the world is really incredible. Mm-hmm. And it it mm-hmm. continues on. Like the the fun and the enjoyment that Stan is responsible responsible for continues on and on and on you know like people continue to re-watch marvel movies over and over again we have all this marvel content upcoming so you know people speak of stan lee as like an immortal legend and it's true he really is immortal because he lives through all these great creations right and uh and the, these creations will continue to live on uh, for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't get too sad because, you know, Stan may be gone, but uh, shoot, I was just watching a little bit of Infinity War just today, you know? And, um, you know, like how many characters was he responsible for creating in that movie? I mean, yeah. so many, right? Um, and not to mention like just the whole universe really. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's great to look back and, you know, it, it's fine to feel a little sad about this great loss. But um, me, at least, uh, I, I, I feel good. I feel happy that this world got to uh, benefit from the work mm-hmm. of this man. Something to celebrate about. Enough Absolutely. Said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Yeah. Excelsior. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So on to V for Vendetta. So, so this is pretty cool. I think just the timing of everything is pretty insane. 
Um, we've said this before on on this podcast. Uh, you know, we aren't a political podcast, but the timing of what happened last week is 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 worth mentioning. So election day was November third. That was also my birthday, by the way. Uh, so kind of a crazy day in many respects for me. <laughs> Thank you. I know Perfil's birthday is coming up too. So yeah. uh, happy birthday, November babies. Um, yeah. But yeah, so November 3rd was election day. Um, nothing was determined that day by any means. <laughs> it took a lot longer than that one night, right? Um, yeah, the, the anxiety went longer than one night. Yeah. And we had planned to watch V for Vendetta all together on November 5th because November 5th is Guy Fawkes Day. Um, but when it rolled around, um, I was kind of hoping that we would know who the next president is, right? Uh, so when we, when we rolled the movie, we still did not know. Uh, Biden had a strong lead at that point, but we still didn't know. In fact, before we put the movie on, we kind of threw CNN up, right? Just to make mm -hmm. sure like, okay, if anything happens these next few minutes, we're ready. Uh, nothing happened and nothing happened for even a few days after. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just remember that, you know, we were watching the movie in the back of my head. I was like, um, do we have a new president? Like, are we getting a new president while we're watching this movie? It's possible, <laughs> right? Um, so a lot of crazy thoughts. Um, and during the movie itself, we'll, we'll get into this, but during the movie itself, we saw so many parallels in the movie and real life America 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Just really incredible. Um, and then cut to a couple days later, Saturday, November 5th. This is a day. Uh, November 7th. Sorry. Yeah. Saturday, November 7th. Thanks for that correction. Uh, that is a day few of us will forget <laughs> for a long time, right? Um, it, it was the day that um, Biden clinched it, right? And there were celebrations in the streets throughout the mm -hmm. country, throughout the world. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, you know, maybe before we, we really go deep dive into the movie, again, we're not political, but, you know, it's been such a wild ride for the world in general maybe we'll just kind of go around and get our thoughts about uh the election and how that has all gone down uh you want to start on that christian hmm. well even even now on the 12th it still feels like it's going down with like all that you're hearing in the news but yeah it was like the fact that all the, like the votes are tallied up of course just like was like such a big weight off yeah my shoulders when I heard Biden won, I was like, oh, man, a sigh of relief, a big sigh of relief. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. How about you, Perferio? Um, Yeah, I agree with Christian. I think it was just like a bunch of like anxiety that I got to like, since I was like, okay, finally someone called it. Like, even though it looked like projected like Biden was going to win. I did not want to like jinx it or anything and be like, right. no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hold on to like false hope until some, some, somebody um, calls it or something. And then, yeah, I think I got the text early in the morning from my dad and we're just like in two words, Biden won. 
And I was like, <laughs> I remember like getting up, like that like woke me up. Like, you know, like when you like get like water splashed on you or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like I woke up instantly and then I like went on like Google and social media and I was like, what's happening? What's happening? And then, yeah, like multiple media outlets were calling it and um, Pennsylvania, right? It was Pennsylvania, right? That, that flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big um, one. And so I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Even right now, like Christian, like you said, like it still feels so surreal that, you know, we've lived in four years of hell under Trump mm-hmm. and just to finally get some change, it still kind of feels surreal because so much, I don't know, so much traumatic shit has happened these past few years. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good points there. Um yeah, I think it's worth mentioning too that, you know, it's not quite completely all said and done, right? Because uh, Biden is the president elect right now. Mm-hmm. He's not the president. Mm-hmm. And Trump has not conceded yet either, right? So um, I think uh, there's still a ways to go before that is completely said and done. Um, the The clinching of the election, though, was was huge. I mean, it, it was a huge momentous occasion. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to get too political here because we all have um, preferences. Obviously, you know, we're on the Biden side of things. Um, but I guess it's worth mentioning that uh, there are a lot of not so happy people in this country. I mean, you know, 70 million people voted for Trump this year right Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I mean it's gonna be really interesting to see where this all goes um yeah short term it's uh a big win for democrats and uh progressive folks in this country but um you know that's just uh kind of short term, right? Long term, man, I don't know. (laughs) It's hard not to to be a little pessimistic about uh, about things. Um, You know, we don't really need to get into all the details, but um, um, yeah, this past week has been really great, really phenomenal. Um, Shoot, yeah, that day uh, after I heard the news, you know, I, I tended to really stay inside through this whole uh quarantine situation but that day i had to get out you know i I took my son Mm -hmm. out into the grand lake area in oakland and um it was really pretty magical to to be around that energy just people out cars Mm -hmm. honking their horns Mm -hmm. people pumping Mm -hmm. their fists in the air and you know no one had to organize no one had to really announce everything anything it was just an understanding that like um, I know like both of you really alluded to uh, a big relief, a big weight off a lot of our shoulders. Right. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. And, um, and just tying it to the movie now um, it, it kind of felt like the end of Be for Vendetta, right? <laughs> um, a triumph over fascism, really. So uh, yeah, pretty, pretty special and um yeah uh, you know on that note i think we can go right into the movie let's get into 
V for Vendetta. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe a good place to start is where we should start, and that's with the source material. So V for Vendetta is not an original screenplay. It's not an original idea. It's an adaptation of, guess what, a comic book. And um, Perfirio, you recently purchased this comic. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I know you haven't finished it, but you read some of it. Maybe we can get your thoughts about just the comparison between the book and the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you, so, so, okay. So the one, the writers, Alan Moore, one of the reasons he didn't like the film adaption of the book was that the book, the central core, core idea was, um, anarchy like fight revolution against a government that um has done a lot of wrong versus he he considers the the movie more of a like liberal versus conservative kind of themes and stuff which i kind of see yeah like he he thinks that like these conservatives are like these like big brother from like you know like 1984 and stuff whereas mm -hmm. in the comic book they were elected uh, legally and stuff and um people wanted change and that's why they elected these people but the end result ended up being like um bad for like the working class and lower class mm -hmm. which is very kind of similar to what i feel like with the trump administration like trump yeah he did i guess some can argue somewhat did win the election you know um yeah, technically he won technically in, he in 2016. won yep. yeah and back in 2016 yeah so um he won that and then we had to stay under his administration all his policies and stuff like that um but obviously like i said it didn't it didn't come without some some it didn't come from like hate or something you know yeah and so yeah i don't know what, what are you guys' thoughts on that like that whole idea of like anarchy in revolution within the book versus conservatism versus liberal in the movie that's that's the argument alan moore makes i don't know what do you guys do you guys agree or disagree that's a pretty interesting thing because I think in the movie they did allude to anarchy like a little bit, mm -hmm. which is interesting because, yeah, even in my mind, I was thinking um, what's going on here is is a little bit more of like an organized movement, right? Mm -hmm. It's a progressive organized movement, right? It's not so much like complete and total anarchy, right? So, um, yeah, I, you know what Alan Moore is, is saying? Like I agree, the movie it sets up this uh, uh, this revolution as being yeah very organized. You know, V sends out these masks, and maybe he doesn't you know uh, like send tweets out, or whatever uh, <laughs> show show up at this place at this time. But you know, he's basically doing it by sending out the mask. He's he's it's a call to action. You know, come to the yeah. streets, right? Um, so yeah, there is some organization there and yeah, it, I didn't feel like it was total anarchy. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's a pretty interesting point. And, um, 
that is interesting too that he had the perspective that uh, the movie villains were more extreme than his writing, right? I, that sounds about right because, you know, a Hollywood version of it would be, okay, we got to make the bad guys really extreme and really evil, right? Like yeah. explicitly uh, evil, right? Um, yeah. So that, sound, that sounds about yeah, going right up, to me. Yeah, like uh, just to like kind of clarify going off what you said, um, spoilers. <laughs> Uh, yes. In the movie, the the guy, he does get elected, but he kind of, like, orchestrates his election, you know, because he, like, sends, like, he, like, it, the virus in the movie was kind of, like, man-made, right? And yeah. um, that's how he was able to orchestrate, like, his, like, his rise to power. Whereas, like, like I said, in the book, it's, he got elected fair and square. Okay. You know? Um, okay, then... Yeah, Christian, go ahead with with your your thoughts. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you guys do bring up good points. Now, now that you mentioned uh, like the word anarchy, um, I it I did kind of realize, you know, like the V and how it's there's like the red spade paint in the circle. Ooh, yeah. I was like, oh, you you know, if you, you invert that, you you do have like it looks like the A for anarchy symbol. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I never really picked up on that before. Uh, and like, um, it did like, so the movie does take place in Britain. And so like, I'm, I'm not very well versed in like British politics. Cause there's like the conservative party and the liberal party and mm-hmm. you know, many other mm-hmm. political parties. But, uh, you know, seeing it from like an American perspective, you do see that like, um, kind of right like that you know like the conservative versus liberal like you know republican and democrat yeah and of course um you have you have uh this you know the supreme leader in the movie uh well i forget his name um but talking to the parliament yeah and he tells the parliament what to do and he and um oh it's also like uh sutler Sutler, yeah, that's yeah. his name. So Sutler tells you know Parliament, and then Parliament enacts his will in a way, and uh, also the news will like change stories mm-hmm. to, to you know to fit the narrative, mm-hmm. yeah, um, to kind of maintain order. And of mm-hmm. course, there's that scene in the news where they have, um, it was like that kind of like almost like the Good Morning Show, where mm-hmm. they made fun of V, and he's being chased by the. Um, by Sutler, yeah. Around it looks really goofy, and it's meant to, um, like you know, kind of poke fun at him and poke fun at it, and like that. I guess that core ideal. <clears throat> but um, I just, if you do think of the timing of this movie too, because of like the way we feel like it pertains to now in 2020, because um, the movie came out in like 2006, so during mm-hmm. the Bush administration. Yeah. Um, yep. And so you can also like look at like how it's like criticizing the Bush administration and things like the Patriot Act and like that like complete and total oversight. Yeah, yeah it, I'm so glad you you brought that up because that was another like that was one like um, key point that like Alan Moore made about the film that like in the movie they um, targeted like Muslims and. Um, 
other religious groups and stuff um mm-hmm. just because it was kind of like post 9-11 yeah. like during the bush administration when there was there's a lot of islamophobia and stuff like that where as in the book they target more like jews um like mm. hitler kind of administration oh that's interesting um, okay so and i don't think jews were as a big target in the movie as they were in the in the book um so yeah that's a that's a good interesting point that you brought up that i glad glad you said mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean that makes sense you you write about you know what's going on in the here and now right so mm-hmm. um yeah there was uh an anti-muslim anti-gay sen- sentiment mm-hmm. in this uh fascist government in the movie mm-hmm. and yeah that makes sense because you know when this movie came out 9-11 was you know had, had just happened a few years ago and then in the book it was closer to um what you know uh people associate fascism to yeah uh, hitler right um mm-hmm. more so in in at that period right yeah. uh, anti-jew right yeah uh, so uh, but yeah, all the stuff we're talking about though really what struck me was how relevant this movie is you know mm-hmm. it's incredible like i i watched this movie you know, around when it came out. Um, I, I really feel like this movie is more relevant now, like right now, November 2020, than it's ever been, you know, ever, right? Uh, it's incredible. Um, you know, maybe you, you change anti-Muslim to, um, you know, anti Latino. Um, yeah. I mean, shoot, it, Trump went after everybody. So, yeah, yeah you know, anti-Muslim. it's it's still anti-Muslim, anti-gay, anti-just mm-hmm. everyone, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we can get into that a bit. I mean, there are so many references in this movie that are just like, wow, you know, are, are just of the times, right? Yeah. Um, it is interesting that it's set in the UK, um because like the UK in this movie really feels like the US right now mm-hmm. and and the US in the movie is kind of like where we could be headed right mm-hmm. if 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 Trump was reelected i could see a lot of uh what the united states is in this movie happening mm-hmm. in real life like in a few years right so the, the the u.s is like they refer to it as a leper colony you know what trump might call a quote-unquote shithole country right mm-hmm. um it is uh going through a civil war the u.s is going through a civil war during the events of this movie and like you talk about hitting home like shoot if trump uh was reelected that's where we, we might have been headed. And even with Biden getting the nod, we still might be headed toward a civil war, you know? Yeah. It's nuts. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm rambling a little bit. But yeah, what about uh, other aspects of this movie that are relevant to what we're going through right now? Any thoughts? Uh, going off what you said about being in a civil war, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, we're not too far from, f- far, are f- far 
off from the yeah. Civil War. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, back in June, like, um, with um, George Floyd and all that stuff, like the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement rising up again from 2014, like, you had protests and marches and riots in, in Oakland, downtown Oakland, downtown San Francisco going on and stuff. So yeah, all over the world, they were going all on. over the world. Yeah. And that's not far from what was happening in the movie. I feel like the movie yeah. kind of like made like this, like more like cinematic peaceful thing. There were like people dressed up and they were in unity. And that was like a uh, protest. But in reality, mm-hmm. that's not how things go. Yeah. Like people were, had their, their, their hand, their fists raised up in the air. They had their masks. They had, um, people were organizing, um, and stuff. And if, yeah, if Trump yeah. had won, like, whoo, man, we would have like gone crazy. Like yeah. at my work, like we were like setting up like, um, boards, like, mm-hmm. um, along the windows in case like, riots or anything if like if trump had won the election or anything like it was scary it was crazy um and like what you said right now henry like we're even with biden winning now we have like the trump supporters who are like threatening and everything getting like their Mm -hmm. firearms ready and it's scary it's crazy and yeah i I don't know (laughs) yeah i'm wrapping now yeah, we're we're still divided. I yeah. mean, you know, just because Biden says, yeah, we're going to be the United States of America from here on out, like, you know, right now, we're as divided as we've ever been. As we've ever been, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just some other tidbits here. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but this chancellor who came to power in this movie, um, there, there there was a mention of how he came to power. It mentioned that he's a fascist leader that follows no political process. I mean, how familiar does that sound? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, that sounds exactly like Trump, you know, it's crazy. Um, you know, uh, it just, yeah, that one really stuck out to me. Another big one is in this movie, you know, this movie was made like 15 years ago, but, there is a pandemic in this movie. Like mm-hmm. there is a virus that kills 80,000 people in this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. It is kind of nuts that that's like way less than have died in the U.S. so far. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, maybe they, 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 sh- they had the, the number too low in this movie. But yeah, 80,000 people died due to a fascist government in this movie. And I, I was just kind of crunching the numbers a little bit. And I was thinking, well, you know, there have been over 200,000 COVID deaths in this country so far, right, in America. Yeah. Um, but how many of those are, are due to, like, the U.S. government just completely fucking up, you know, completely yeah. shitting the bed? Well. Yeah maybe about 80,000, just like in the movie, right? Yeah. Maybe just like that exact number, you know, that might be fairly accurate, actually, um, yeah. and possibly rising right now, right? Um, but again, that just speaks volumes to how much this movie reflects our, our current day 
it's 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 insane you know uh christian any any thoughts on 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 that front yeah Uh, um so i guess uh one one thing i want to bring up is um the idea of censorship in this movie and the Mm -hmm. way that uh, in this movie there's there's a definite extreme to it whereas you know today with the internet like there i don't think there's any internet in the movie um anyway you know you can see just about anything but in this movie art is like illegal and you see guy fox's lair just filled with like pieces of art and like he's a record player with music and um like he talks about how if he hadn't stolen these they would have been destroyed um kind of like a another another great dystopian sci-fi novel like um fahrenheit 451 where they're yeah. you know yeah. firefighters uh, uh, burn books. Yeah. Yeah, very similar to like the Hitler reign, I I feel like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you notice in the movie um that like the movie will like or the media like changes stories that things that didn't actually happen the way they were. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. there's always like a very like kind of like singular vision to to the to yeah. like this world and and the way this government wants to be presented yeah 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 very interesting um mm-hmm. one thing i want to like point out that i don't know would like influence you guys or not but um in the in the comic there was a whole like media manipulation of like how to how the media um angles a story to tell to the public um but in the movie or in the comic, there was no virus outbreak or pandemic oh, or anything like that. Oh, huh. huh. That is interesting. Uh, you know, this popped in my head too. I, I just had it on my notes just real early on the, in the movie. Um, another reference to the United States and, you know, how, how much of a mess it is over there in this movie, right? There's reference to the U.S. seeking medical supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's us right now. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, the the quote unquote richest country in the nation yeah. is has has messed up their supply chain so badly that we're the ones looking for. N95 masks and ventilators and stuff from other countries, right? It's insane. Um, but also insane that this movie makes some reference to that, you know, that yeah. that the U.S. is so messed up in this movie that it's um, seeking medical help from the rest of the world. Yeah. So very striking, very striking indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, another thought that popped in my head was um, pretty cool at the end how um, – the, the revolution happens, right? Uh, v and EV are certainly the spark plugs, um, but it's the people who take charge, right? Um, and when they get together, they're all wearing the, the Guy Fox masks and they're all in black and mm-hmm. they're unarmed mm-hmm. and they're peaceful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty great to see because... Um, you know, anytime there's a protest in this country, some shit goes down somehow, whether it's people getting hurt, people getting killed, or destruction of property. 
um, in this movie, it is a 100% peaceful and effective protest, right? Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, like, a, like a dream come true scenario for yeah. a protest, right? Um, the protesters show up unarmed, peaceful, and they just walk right through. They walk right through the armed police. No one yeah. gets hurt. Nothing gets destroyed. Uh, mm. The message is sent and uh, the protest is effective, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's pretty cool too that everyone's wearing masks, right? So again, a, a, a total reflection of what's going on. Like right now people are, are wearing masks <laughs> for different reasons, uh, but they're masked yeah. up. So just seeing people in masks good. and protesting in this movie, it's like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is really hitting uh, home, you know? Good point, good point, I gotta say. <laughs> right? like it. Another point on on the masks that uh, this reminded me of, well, Batman Begins, an earlier episode <laughs> we did, and the idea that the mask is like the symbol, and the mask represents something, mm-hmm. and as a symbol, you know, as Bruce Wayne said, as a man, I'm just a man, I can be corrupted, but as a symbol, I'm immortal. Yeah. And it's... so, uh-huh. I like, I that idea is manifested here as well. Mm-hmm, totally. How like you see, even though V dies at the end of the movie, everybody's V anyone can be V and anyone like anyone can be Batman in a way. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I, I really like what that you brought that up. Cause I think V points that out in the very beginning that like a man is just a man. Ben, Ben idea is like revolutionary or something like that. Like you could kill the man, but you can't kill an idea. And I think that's why he like blows up like parliament or something like that. Cause it was a symbol for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many very uh, powerful little nuggets of information being passed in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Another one was something we brought up last week after we watched the movie, but it's the idea that people should not be afraid of their government. Government should be afraid of their people. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. strong you know um it, it's a powerful message in, in this movie but it's a message that uh we can all use right now you know it's 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 empowering and i i i totally thought of this this idea when people were voting you know people really flexed their muscles with with the election this year i mean more people voted in this past election than you know any other election in in the history of the united states yeah. Um, so that's like that's people power right there, you know. I, yeah, I I agree with you 100. percent Like, democ- like the United States is a democracy. Like, we have the right to vote for how however we see fit. Yeah. And um, yeah, like if we're afraid of the government, we shouldn't be because we're the ones who elected them or anything. Like, we can elect them out and stuff. And that's exactly what happened during this election. Like people. Yeah turn in their mail ballots in early. They did everything they can to um, vote, whether it was absentee ballot or, or some other form. Um, and like so much organization and stuff to make sure your vote got counted. Like we saw in a voters assemble panel with the MCU cast and Kamala yeah. Harris. And it was, it was so empowering. And like what you said, um, people can make a difference. Like your vote counts. Absolutely. Great point. We the people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so we've gone pretty deep on the social commentary and the politics of this movie and certainly of the day. Um, maybe we can get back to our comfort zone. You know, we watch movies uh, to have fun, right? So maybe we can talk a bit about the entertainment value of this movie. We know yeah. it's very relevant to our times. Um, how about the the fun of the movie? Was this a fun movie? Was this an entertaining movie? Thoughts on that? Entertainment for sure. I wouldn't say, I don't know. It depends on your definition of fun. It was fun for me, but... <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I I definitely enjoyed a lot. I do love dystopian science fiction. Yeah, me and too. So That's why definitely, yeah. it definitely yeah. hits that bell. Uh-huh. Um, go ahead. Like, I'd say like this movie. It, it um, it's definitely like there definitely is less action than your usual say like superhero movie yeah. or like. Um, in this movie, like, like if you watch like trailers for this movie, it'll like feature heavily on action scenes. Yeah, and you'll see like from the Wachowskis, which is like, oh, the Matrix. Like this movie's yeah. gonna be like the Matrix. Right. But this movie's definitely a lot like it. You know, unlike Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, this is like it's a lot more heady and it's like a lot less action. Yeah. It's more about um, the city. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, since now we're going to talk more about the entertainment aspect, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned earlier, like, there was a lot of key differences between the comic and the book. One of the key differences, I will say, is Evie, the character. Oh, yeah. In the comic, oh, yeah. she's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Different? Yeah, she, you remember in the beginning how, like, she got stopped by a police or by some fingermen and mm-hmm. stuff because she was going to go visit her, her uncle? Yeah. In the comics, she was out prostituting to make money um, oh, wow. before V came and saved her. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, she's more like, she kind of makes up her own decision, like, you're wrong, like, I don't want to do this or this stuff. Like, she, she, yeah, like, you know, she's not brainwashed or anything. She's able to make her own decisions. Whereas in the book, because she's so young, like, obviously she doesn't work in the media. She is just very much, um, I don't want to say persuaded, but influenced by B and what he he does. She's like, oh, you rescued me. Let me, let me, um, what, what can I do for you? And then V's like, well, you can help me, like, take down this priest and then she's like, yeah, I'll do anything for you. And she's just very much like, I feel like blinded by her. She's so innocent in the comic. Like she doesn't know how to like think for herself, I think. And there just comes to a point where I think like V thinks that she's so much that he actually like releases her instead of like she escapes or anything. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Way different. Way different. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Totally different. Different type of character. Which version do you like better? I kind of like the the movie version better. Like, I like how like um, it gives Natalie Portman's portrayal of of the character V gives him more like she is an everyday individual who knows 
uh, has like a mindset of her own, but she can definitely change based on the surroundings of her environment, whether it's political or related to her or indirectly related to her and stuff based on the political climate or the social climate. And um, yeah, she could think for herself. Whereas this one, it's B in the comic is very easily manipulated and she is so young that she doesn't and I don't want to say it's so messed up to say but I don't think she can make her own decisions like she's so very easily Mm. um, persuaded to do stuff you know without thinking of the consequences or or something like that you know yeah I think the the Evie character in the movie is pretty effective for the reasons you mentioned, you know, she's relatable. Mm-hmm. She's, yes. she's like a lot of people in our country right now, you know, um, she's, her concerns are, you know, doing well in her job and just kind of getting through the day, day to day and not thinking too deeply about like mm-hmm. deep political issues and like the great wrongs of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to live her life. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's that 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 helps draw us in, right? This is just a regular person, but she, yeah. she could be any of us, right? We we could any of us could could end up being in the situation that she ends up getting into, right? Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think Natalie Portman is, is pretty good in the role. Um, but we talked before about what makes this movie fun, or is this movie fun? I would say yeah, and. Um, the big reason I think is Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving as V in this movie is so fantastic. You know, it's crazy. You you never see his face. I mean, I guess you do see V's face at times, the scarred up face, but I mean, you really don't see Hugo Weaving's face at all in this movie. Um, But it doesn't matter. Like his performance is so great. It's all in his presence and his line delivery and his charisma, you know, it's a very charismatic mm-hmm. character. It's unique. You know, th- this is a superhero, you know, V is a superhero. He is a comic book superhero, um, but he's kind of like a-, a comic book superhero we've never seen before. He's very eloquent. He's funny. You know, we talked about the fun factor. He- he's, he's, he's very funny. It's a, com- it's a comedic character. You know? He's also an asshole, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Well, true, true. Yeah. I, he kind of, he kind of is an asshole in in order to get his point across, you yes. know, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good point. He's, he's not always fun in games. Right. Um, but yeah, complex too. You know, he's kind of an a-hole. He's, he's kind of uh, hilarious to be around a fun guy, a uh, strong presence. He's just all of these things. And um, yeah, this is like, th- th- this, these are the kinds of, of protagonists we want to see in movies, particularly, particularly uh, superhero movies, right? We don't want to yeah. see one-dimensional characters like, um, you know, Captain we, America. Wait, what, what was that? For, for you? Like Captain America. <laughs> like Captain America. Well, some may regard Captain America <laughs> as a one-dimensional character. I don't. I could go down a laundry list of reasons why not, but. Um, <laughs> You guys gonna throw down now? <laughs> Christian's just like, I'll get the pop. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, 
but we i mean okay yeah let's get let's get it down captain america has has been portrayed as a as a one-dimensional superhero like you know when, when he first appeared in comics it was like usa go patriotic go america you know yeah kill the fascists right um over time over the decades the, the character has has become much and much more layered right um but yeah like th- th- like this character right like v you know uh there are, are so many, there is so much depth to this character and the performance really reflects that. And um, yeah, I can't really say enough about Hugo Weaving in this movie. Yes. He, he's really the highlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty cool that, uh, um, I mean, I guess now he's known for a number of things. Like he played the Red Skull. He played a uh, character no, in, uh, yeah, he was in Lord of the Rings, right? He was in yeah. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yep, yep. And of course, the Matrix. The Matrix, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and at this point, he was more well known for the Matrix as a mm-hmm. totally villainous character, you know. So a pretty cool 180 um, to, to that character. Um, but yeah, he, he really—I don't want to say he made the movie because there are so many great aspects to the movie for me. But he was really a big highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Christian, any thoughts so yeah, far? And. Yeah. Uh, one thing you did mention that I guess I want to, I guess, expand on um, as uh-huh. far as like Hugo Weaving's performance is, mm-hmm. is that like he did such a good job and he stands out so much as a character and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in his performance as well. And like he does have the mask over his face the whole movie. You never see his eyes. And usually in, in superhero movies, like you'll notice like, a lot of times they'll have the mask and like they'll take the mask off. Like in a lot of Marvel mm-hmm. movies, they will always like mm-hmm. digitize the mask off so you can see the actor's face. Yep. Or with Robert Downey Jr., you always have him inside. You see mm-hmm. him inside of his mask. Yeah. Or the helmet flips up. Yep. Yeah. Or like Batman. Like um, the reason why you've never seen the white eyes on Batman, like you see, you know, in like the comics and the cartoon. Uh, why they've they've opted for the eye is so um the actor can like ex- like be more expressive yeah and so um like even like if you remember uh the first spider-man um i guess one criticism is that like they look kind of strange that there were two actors talking to each other um but you couldn't see their their faces move mm-hmm. really right. like and so you'll notice in like every other Spider-Man since Peter is like taking his mask off more and yep. he hasn't fought a villain like the Green Goblin with just the mask where you can't really see the face move. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's almost like something that's like it's like something you don't do in comic book movies, like yep. something that no mm-hmm. other comic book do- movie does like this movie like does really, really well. And in, like in such spades. Yeah. Yeah. And it adds that like kind of layer of mystery to the character that you never get a good shot at his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really love that. Really, I, I love that point because yeah, I don't know what it is, but Hollywood Hollywood has this thing about like, oh, you can't cover those eyes up, mm-hmm. you can't cover the whole face. You know, how does the actor act, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I, this movie is really proof positive that a performance can seep through a mask right a, a, an acting performance is not just the face right 
you know, it's, you can act with your whole body. You certainly can act with your voice. Mm -hmm. um, so th this is, this is proof positive. And I'm glad you mentioned Spider-Man also, because, you know, it's crazy to think about, but that first Spider-Man movie, it, it, it kind of broke down some barriers, you know, like, at that time, it just was a no-no. You can't cover the face up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like, they stuck to the guns, right? They, they were like, we're going to make this Spider-Man look like Spider-Man from the comics. You're not going to see his face. He's going to have that red and blue webbed up suit. Um, and it was this big wake-up moment. Like, this, fans want to see this stuff, man. Uh, they yeah. want to see a, a true adaptation, a, a faithful adaptation, and guess what? You know, you can act through a mask, right? Interestingly, yeah. at, at the end of that Spider-Man movie, you do see Tobey Maguire's face through the mask. Like they had to like give into that a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, since then, you know, we see Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, like without the mask on in the Spidey suit a lot. Um, but we all know that uh, it can work. You know, mm -hmm. getting getting our superheroes masked up in movies, it, it's it's not like the death knell to the movie. You know, we know this can work. So I I really love that point. Yeah. Yeah. The mask. Like, do you ever like get a glimpse of his face in the comic either? Uh, so far, no. It's only been like black figures, like in like in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, that could change. I don't know since I haven't finished it yet, but yeah, so far it's only been like kind of like chest downwards that they've shown like mm. just like a black figure and mm. stuff for like the flashback scenes and stuff like that. Okay. You know, speaking of, of superhero movie trends, you know, uh, for whatever reason, we've been watching a lot of movies from around this period, you know, V for Vendetta, Batman Begins, Blade, um, yeah, it's funny around this time, like everyone's wearing black, right? Oh, He's yeah. in black. The X Men. The X Men totally. Blade is all in black, yeah. and it was just like the thing to do, right? The Matrix, Matrix movies, which are arguably superhero movies, also, um, they're all decked out in black, also. So you know, pretty cool. But I'm kind of glad that you know it hasn't continued on and on, where you like you have to wear all black. Yeah, that was the thing back then. <laughs> it was. Black. It really was. <laughs> now you have some color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some color in there. And again, I think, uh, you know, that first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie may have broke some barriers down there too, right? You don't have to have a, uh, a hero that looks like super cool, all black, all dark colors. Yeah. You know, it's okay to have, you know. Some, Until some the studio is like, hey, in this next movie. You have to have him in the black suit. <laughs> right. Uh, Spider-Man 3. Black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we saw, we know how that went. We did a yeah. whole episode about it. Exactly. <laughs> Not well. Not well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Any other thoughts on V for Vendetta? Any thoughts about, uh, um, like, anything you didn't like about the movie? Anything? anything any shortcomings? Hmm that i didn't like about the movie that's a good question yeah it, it has been a while like i said about 15 years since it came out has, has anything uh -huh. uh, not stood the test of time you know that sort of thing well i mean like i don't think it's aged just because there wasn't that much technology and the technology that there was like the like the new station for example and stuff like that like it was very modern still 
Because, yeah. I mean, like, Veen didn't use that many gadgets or anything to, like, um, to get some stuff done. Like, he didn't get, like, some shield equipment or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anything I didn't like from the movie. Hmm. Christian, you could answer if why well, I think. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. Because there's a lot of the a lot of the movie just really does hit, like um, the cinematography is great. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta like love the way like red is used a lot in the in the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, that like kind of red and black look. Um, like, um, yeah, all the performances are great. Um, hmm. Like I can't. Yeah, I can't really think. Of anything, um, well, what do you what do you guys think? Uh, I guess the the scene that like I guess like never truly I think set you know just felt right in a way. Um, it is just like the very long the like what do you guys think of the long prison scene that you know Evie goes through and when she comes out and realizes that you know V just kind of you know. The whole thing was basically just a big test to prove her loyalty, in a way. Uh, I... um, and then, oh, and then throughout the rest of the movie, she comes back and like sees his point and like really follows him by the end of the movie, even though he basically just tortured her. For yeah. Life, the whole that whole midsection, and um, like, you know, he is like, you know. Uh, of course, like we did say, he is an asshole. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. In terms of fitting in the movie, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Outside of it, from like a human moral perspective, I think that's why I say like V's an asshole. Because like I don't know if me personally, if I would ever forgive V. Like I understand where he's mm-hmm. coming from. Like. You have to face your fears. You have to not be afraid. You have to not be in this, like, box that the government plays you in. Like, you got to, like, own up to who you are. You have to have this courage. But, you know, that's, like, some freaking, like, military trauma shit that he put us through. And it's just not fair. But it made her a better person. I don't know. Like, Henry, like... I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, it is hard to compare that situation to real life because, I don't know, it's all so extreme. Like, the V character is kind of like what we've been saying, a superhero, a larger-than-life figure. Um, So it's hard to really, you know, equate him to a real person. And uh, yeah, if a real person did this to anyone, man, that's pretty terrible, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of like what you were saying, Perferio, in the context of the movie and the storytelling, I think it makes sense. It did, I didn't feel like it dragged on too long. Yeah. Um, in fact, it, it almost purposefully does go on quite a while because it kind of shows how much time was needed to to get Evie to to understand right and ultimately um, when she kind of turns the corner and becomes like mentally like super strong and is able to say no even in the face of death 
like we've we as the audience have have been through it and like we we kind of understand the transformation you know if it if they cut it too short when um she says no and is willing to die um it might seem a little far-fetched but because she went through what she went through i think we all understand like we didn't mm -hmm. think that it was like what and like how could she do that like we we get it at that point i think um so yeah i i, I bought it I, I think i think it was effective yeah and I, i'm like you guys i'm kind of struggling to find any shortcomings it, it's a it's a really good movie you know really strong on on all fronts um yeah i mentioned how uh you know i was looking for uh, anything in the movie that seems dated not really you know um like i said if anything uh, this movie is more relatable uh, than it's now. ever been, you know? Yeah. Um, so in a lot of ways, it hasn't aged at all. Um, you know, the the director, um, James McTeague, he uh, worked as an assistant director on all the Matrix movies. Um, so um, I think his, his uh, expertise in in action movies uh, showed here. You know, um, I think Christian, you mentioned there wasn't a lot of action in the movie, but I think the action that was in the movie was was pretty effective, pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, outside the action though, there wasn't a whole lot of style to the movie. I, I mean, maybe that's my only, my only gripe and it's a pretty minor one. Like um, you look at movies like um, the Matrix movies and yeah, even even some of the movies you mentioned like uh, the Blade movies or, or the Batman uh, Nolan trilogy. Um, I think there's there's a bit more artistry uh, to to the look of the movies, um, action scenes or otherwise. Um, and I think V for Vendetta maybe was was lacking that lacking in that a bit. Um, but uh, I think that is kind of overcome from the message of the movie you know uh, that that's it's such, a, it's such a strong message and and the social commentary in the movie is so compelling that you know uh, any any shortcomings I might have with the look of the movie are like overshadowed by the power of the movie's message I agree yeah mm -hmm. cool so here's a rumor uh, for you guys about this movie mm-hmm so, I've heard on the internet that people think the Wachowskis are the true directors of this movie, and the the um and what's his name um James James McTeague mm -hmm. um was just kind of the stand-in, kind of similar to how people think uh, Steven Spielberg was really the director of Poltergeist. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know well, what do you guys think of that rumor. <laughs> I mean, I can see where it's coming from because mm -hmm. uh, James McTeague broke broke in to the industry thanks to the Wachowskis, mm -hmm. and I do see that Wachow that the Wachowskis are accredited as writers on this movie, so they were involved, and the themes of the movie do tie into the themes of the Matrix movies, also, right? Um, so I could see where that's coming from. Um, but I don't know. Shoot, I, I I wouldn't. You know, James McTeague is is credited as director, and 
it's a great movie and I, you know i'd i'd hate to to shit on his contribution and say oh yeah he had nothing to do with this movie it's all the Wachowskis like I, I I'm sure he would be the first to be like oh yeah I, I owe everything to the Wachowskis but this movie itself um you know I don't I wasn't there in the making of it but um I just see him listed as director and I'm gonna say this is his movie you know and um I haven't heard like a huge uproar uh, stating otherwise so like i I'd, I'd like to give him credit for for that yeah i think i think that rumor is just around because like um if you look at what uh james mtig has done after it just hasn't like leveled um, up it's like you know he goes kind of back to tv and movies like the raven i haven't really seen any of his other mm. movies <clears throat> but uh he hasn't directed much else since since this movie Whereas, you know, Wachowski's are you're kind of this big this big name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would argue even more reason to give him full credit for this movie mm-hmm. because that's pretty much all he has, you know. <laughs> so give yeah. him give him this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It it's a rumor, so Yeah, yeah. Um so one question I have to ask for both of you is, you know, like I said, there are key differences between the comic and the movie which one which story do you prefer so far the movie or the comic hmm because i haven't read the comic is it just based on like i guess uh what you said about the comic yeah based off what i've said so far Hmm. i mean there those are the big key differences i have to point out there's of course those small differences but i don't think they they're not as big as the ones i pointed out Hmm. Like like the 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 scene where like um you know like when V takes over the news station to broadcast his announcement and everything mm-hmm. like that doesn't take place until like after he like kills all the people who ran the um, center where he was kept prison at and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like that. Uh, there was, you know, like in the movie, the police officers kind of like on the fence about like what is justice and everything. Mm-hmm. Like in the comic, he's a total bad guy. Like, oh really? Like he's just like, I gotta track V down. I gotta stop him. Like he's a madman. He's a terrorist. Like I have no idea what he he's gonna do next and everything. I mean, this is as far as I got. I don't know if he's like changes his views by the end of the novel, but um, that's as far like based off, yeah. Hmm. I guess uh, based off what you said, I think I, I do like the differences that they made in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I guess it's hard to say because it's the only uh, I've only seen the movie and I haven't read the comic. So yeah, yeah. I, I should I should pick up the comic. Yeah. Yeah, I too have not read the comic. Um, but from what I'm hearing, yeah, I I do like the the thought of the. Natalie Portman character more than like the teenage prostitute from the comics Uh, because yeah like what we've been saying she's more relatable she's more of an everyday kind of person and and yeah we can kind of put ourselves in her shoes right Um, now uh, where I might side with the book a little bit is with the fascist government you know I kind of like the idea of of the villains of the story being a little bit closer to real life 
-hmm. you know in the movie it is very clear like christian you pointed out like the stark black and red and um just really overtly fascist overtly overbearing you know um yeah if they if they made the movie more like what you're saying the book is like yeah. Ferio, that might yeah. be kind of interesting you know where it's more subtle and closer yeah. to life um yeah like um i don't know if you guys have seen uh the the handmaid's tale at all yes that oh, show yeah yes. so that deals with a lot of these same themes right yeah and mm-hmm. um yeah similar to the v for vendetta movie the government the u.s government um is is a fascist government right yeah and they're overtly fascist right they ban everything and there's strict super strict rules um but to me um kind of the more interesting parts of the handmaid's tale show is when they flash back when they flash back to right around when things started to go wrong you know mm-hmm. it was very much like um like current day america right um you start you see these little things like these little uh like hate crimes start to pop up here and there nothing yeah. is like overt yet um but i found those scenes to be real really kind of more powerful because like oh shit like we could end up like that totally terrible situation yeah. we see at the show's present time right so um yeah in that same vein um yeah maybe this movie could have been a little more interesting if they dialed it back a little bit on on the fascist government um that could have been a little more eerie that could have been uh, even more uh closer to real life and rel- relevant to what we're going through yeah, yeah, yeah well i recommend the book just just like you said like both of you guys said just to like get understanding of the source material and everything. But overall, I still have to agree with both of you. I like the movie a little bit more than the book. It's just, I think just the modern take and the themes that were in the movies are like way more relatable than it is in the book. Right on. Cool. So it does sound like we're all in agreement that we enjoyed the movie. But how yeah. much did we enjoy it? So maybe we can talk about our ratings. Um, okay. I, I can go. Uh, I'll give this one a solid four out of five. You know, uh-huh. really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, like I was kind of struck, you know, like this is not a recent movie. This has been out for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it really struck a nerve, you know. Not only is it relevant, but it's well made. And the message in this movie is so powerful yeah i i I agree with everything you're saying i think that's why i had to give it a five out of five like wow i really love this movie i it's one of my favorite movies um yeah like like how me and you christian were saying earlier like it is a total social dystopian movie that i'm just like i'm down for and I can rewatch it so many times. I'm just like, yes, down for the cause. And it's entertaining. It, it's not boring. And um, yeah, I love this movie. I, I get recommended over and over again to so many people. Yeah, this, like, I think this is just a movie that like gets better. I think every time I watch it, 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, uh, it's hard to remember what I thought about it back in you know 2006, 2007 when it first came out. Like, I remember <laughs> liking it, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to make of it. Uh, probably because of my age. I think I was, you know, it came out middle school, high school for me. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, as um, as I got older, and more you see kind of different ways the movie is manifested or hasn't manifested in, in real life, you do get to see like, you know, it does age like a fine wine. Yes. And so <laughs> I do think I will also give it a five out of five. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well. Strong across the board. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. Now I feel like I'm dragging you guys down with my my four. <laughs> yeah. But what 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 makes it a four instead of a five, Henry? For you? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I said, I I really don't have much uh-huh. of anything to complain about here. Um. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything, maybe it's what I mentioned. You know, like just the way it was shot was just kind of straight up. Uh-huh. You know. Um. But that I mean, if it if it's overly stylized, it could take away from things. Like you know, maybe that was on purpose. Like they didn't want to mm. overstylize the non-action scenes, so as to really drive the message home. You know, mm. um, you know, and that from that perspective, maybe it was good that they didn't stylize it. But I just felt like you know, during some of the non-action scenes, it was just a little bit just too straight up, like um, t- to match the subject matter. You know, maybe I needed some different angles, some more camera movement or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, I I think you guys know I'm I'm a big fan of directors who do tend to really stylize their movies, like the Quentin Tarantinos, the Edgar Wrights of the world, right? So I don't know, maybe I I needed a little of that. Um, But Mm. shoot, that it's uh my 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 gripes are are pretty minor um yeah and i don't think i would consider this a shortcoming by any means but um you know i guess if we are going to relate it we're fully related to like current day america current day earth you know um you know the the lack of of represent representation of, of all people um, it might be uh, noteworthy, you know, I mean, this is a, mm-hmm. a story about, um, you know, people who are um, being marginalized by their government, right? So right now, the people who are most marginalized by the government aren't really the people who look like the people who are in this movie, right? They tend to be black people and brown people and et cetera. Right. Um, So I don't know. Again, I I don't think I, I, I'm not saying like, Oh, they should like, that's like, that's a a big shortcoming, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if, if they were to consider some sort of reimagining of this movie, um, you know, kind of like the Watchmen TV show versus like, the, the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie or, or the, mm-hmm. the Alan Moore graphic yeah. novel, you know, um, add some people of color. Like, I think that that could be pretty interesting, right? Can you imagine like dealing with the same subject matter, but to add racial themes in it as well, right? That could, that could be, you know, really a, a, an even more powerful message. Right? Yeah. So 
again, I, I don't think, I don't really think that's a shortcoming by any means, but you know, something that popped in my head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To think about. Yeah. It's so funny. The, the, the first show besides Watchmen that came to mind was Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. Um, I think we've talked about the show a couple of times, but that was like the first show that came to mind about like uh, just adding people of color and like putting them in these kind of situations where like racial tensions really high. And yeah. Mm -hmm. But Watchmen's a good example. I will say. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, you know, every movie and show doesn't absolutely, absolutely need to have a diverse representation to be good, you know? And in fact, you know, if it's, if it's diversity just for diversity's sake, rather than have it being like a key part of the story can take away from the story. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like, you know, this movie is a good example. Like it, it, it works great as it is. And if you were to tinker with it too much, like it could take away from it, you know? So yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it is great as it is. And um, yeah, yeah, a, a, a great movie for sure. Yes. Yeah, great adaption. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Porfirio, and Christian. <laughs>